You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape presented to you in partnership by Blogging the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogs Haven, and Big Blue View, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington football team for now, and New York Giants content. He is Brandon Lee Gowden of BGN. I am RJ Ochoa of BTB. BLG, happy playoff week to you. 50% of the NFC East is here, 100% of the NFC's mixtape, at least as far as we are concerned, is here. What a great time to be alive. Really exciting stuff, RJ. Who would have thought that two teams from the worst division in the history the of NFC any sport East. ever. Yeah, that's what we're saying. You did come up with that, so it's, it is very creative. Um, here we are. By the way, neither one of them were the one that won it last year. Like, isn't that amazing? So, like, two of the teams from the worst division and neither one of them is even the one that won it. Just kind of shows how big of a fraud Ron Rivera is. <laughs> so, um, we always encourage everybody to subscribe to the podcast network of your favorite team, whether you're a Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, or Washington fan. Uh, leave a rating, write a review to the place that you love and support. But let's go with the cross review, cross rating. Go somewhere else, one of the other networks you can Say whatever you want as long as you leave a five-star rating. And, uh, you know, tell us what you think about the mixtape. We have two reviews over at BTB. Brandon, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Uh, the first one comes to us from XDB2020. So a relatively uh, new or username, obviously. Uh, subject line, five-star review. Mixtape, best crossover since I found my mom's jewelry. Sports banter the way it should be. <clears throat> I have allergies, everybody. And a reminder that no matter how much we hate each other, no one hates us more than we hate ourselves. Go, birds. Can we start a GoFundMe for the fans? Dan Snyder is going to sue for repairs to the FedEx railing. Haha. We didn't even talk about that last week, by the way. What a, what a sad situation. The railing stuff? Yeah. Like, and you know what? I, we, we tweeted this over blocking the voice. Huge W for Jalen Hurts calling them out. Like, I can't believe you ever hated yeah. Jalen Hurts. Like he's such a likable individual. Uh, I can't believe you hate. I've him. never said that. No, you're mm. doing a bit, but like that's honestly what I like. If you want to say that I've been critical of you know his talent, yeah, I mean you can say that. Um, but and I have been, I still will be. But I've never said he is not like a rootable player. And I, I said from last offseason, he has BWE, the opposite of BLE, which is something we'll get to later in the show when it comes to the Cowboys. Anyway, next review. Uh, next one comes to us from Jeffrey C. Clark. I sent this one to you, Brandon, full disclaimer for everyone, uh, because it was really interesting. Uh, the world's greatest podcast review is the title. The best thing about the NFC East mixtape is clearly the Dallas Cowboys. Tied for second, however, is RJ Ochoa and Brandon Lee Gotten. Not everybody includes the Lee, Brandon. So, I mean, you know, always mm. nice whenever someone does. Um, these two are your co-hosts on the weekly mixtape podcast. 
how to describe them. That's tricky. Maybe a culinary metaphor <laughs> might be helpful at this point because RJ and BLG often riff on topics like their favorite cereal, late night snack, or fast food. So in that spirit, let's just say that the NFC's mixtapes entertainment value benefits from RJ and BLG's near-perfect balance. So room for improvement. Uh, they're like the world's greatest vinaigrette. RJ's quippy, self-congratulating optimist. <laughs> like, that was a little... <laughs> uh, is the oil to BLG's East Coast realism, the vinegar, from the, mm. from the streets of the East Coast. Back to football. The pro football analysis on the Mixtape Podcast is solid. RJ and BLG are always on top of the latest news and developments for their respective teams, as well as what's happening in the world of the New York Giants and Washington football team, whom no one cares about. At any rate, check out the NFC's Mixtape Podcast. Seriously, these guys are great at what they do. Almost as great as your Dallas Cowboys. Strong review in terms of the uh, comparisons and everything. Wrong about the Cowboys stuff, unfortunately, but everything else pretty pretty good. I think uh, I can be probably sour sometimes. You know, there you go. So there you get the vinegar connection. I never use vinegar on anything, though. Like, not like a big, you know, like, you'll see people who get that, you know, on a, on a hoagie or even I like a salad. I don't eat hoagies. I don't know if I've ever yeah. had a hoagie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a crime. We got to get you to Wawa. I think it's a hoagie. I'm envisioning like a po' boy. Is that what it is? Or is it like kind a, of? Or is it like a like a pastry? I could see it going either way. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pastry for sure. Oh yeah, like I don't know. Like a po' boy is hoagie-ish, but in my mind, when I think of po' boy, I'm thinking of like a shrimp po' boy specifically, or like a catfish po' boy, something like that is a little bit more southern uh, cuisine. And uh, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be hot, but I feel like it usually is or can be kind of more of a whereas you know a hoagie can be hot if it's like a meatball sub or whatever but i'm envisioning you know like deli meats you know like cold cuts basically like turkey and cheese or or you know like an italian hoagie with you know capicola and and all that stuff so uh yeah really good you're missing out um okay um i was gonna ask and then i have one more non-football thing to get into as we get ready for the playoffs here um great great job by you and i riffing as um as was mentioned um what's your ideal salad dressing because the vinaigrette was mentioned here. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm not like the biggest salad person. Um, I don't. So in general, I don't love the cold, savory foods like macaroni salad, potato salad. I don't love cold that kind of. You, you yeah, brought up I, you brought up gazpacho on uh, the, the Monday Football Monday, and I was like, no, I cannot do a cold soup. That sounds terrible. I mean, like the taste might be fine, but I, I just don't like the the temperature being cold. I just don't love that from a savory food. Um, I, similarly, so. I don't like um, like I generally don't like cold dinner. Like I know some, you know, like right. a like a sub or whatever, like a some sandwiches are cold or room yeah. temp, whatever. No, nah, that's unnatural to me. I I almost feel that way with dessert. Like I don't I don't mm. love hot desserts. I mean, the principle is the same, but I'm I'm willing to to make room for that. Is is my point? Right. I get. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Honestly, yeah, I'd, I'd honestly rather have you know a room temperature cookie than like a, a hot cookie like fresh out of the oven. I know that can be. I mean, maybe you have one of those sometimes, like one just because you baked them or whatever, and that's fine. But like, you're, I don't want like multiple of. I don't want like a whole like serving of those. Um, I definitely agree with that much. Uh, for the salad dressing. I feel like I'm just going to have to go with ranch. I like a ranch. Ranch can be, I feel like, really controversial for some reason on the internet. People are like, oh, ranch is terrible. It's it's, it's good. It's fine. I like it. What about ranch you? Ranch is king. Um, I love a Caesar salad. So in that okay. context, obviously Caesar. But, I mean, if I can only have one dressing, like, for all things in life, it's ranch. Like, miss me with the blue cheese stuff. Not a blue cheese guy. 
what are we doing? Like you can't no, like that's like a wing dip thing. Like it, even then no, it's gross. Like I don't I don't want blue cheese on any food at whatsoever. That just makes more sense to me though than the salad. Like, you know, you're you're combating the heat of the wing with something, you know, like the whatever, uh the dairy of, of of the blue cheese uh it does make sense that you would like caesar salad because you are a huge trader so that's, that's um fair. anyway uh i i had one more non-football thing that blg and i were kind of talking about before we started but i'll save it because we've, we're way deep in the weeds we got to get all right football. um okay so the dallas cowboys we have to start with them blg actually should we go chronologically because now we're in the playoffs like these these are different rules um yeah why not okay so let's mix it up a little bit. Let's let's go chronologically. Mixing it up on the well, mixtape. Wow. I mean, because the 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 Eagles, the first game has an impact on the second game, and we'll touch on um, the fraud, you know, Giants in Washington. You know, what's up, Hogshave and a big with you. We'll touch on you guys in a little bit, but obviously, hey, if you're not if you're not in the dance and the music's on, you know, you're not dancing. You know what I'm saying? BLG loves to dance. By the way, he sends us videos all the time um, in our slacks. Uh, at SB Nation, just him in his in his home, just dancing. Yeah, I just yeah. send you videos of me <laughs> recording myself dancing. Very believable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles in Tampa Bay, <coughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers again, allergy season. Uh, will mm. face off uh, in the early game on Sunday. Uh, the Eagles are X point underdogs, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code SBN NFL for a discount when you sign up. Um, that's where you're supposed to fill it in, BLG. What, yeah, what they opened for? as seven-point underdogs, uh, okay. according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. But that line has since shifted, and the Eagles are currently, as we're recording this on Tuesday, January 11th at 10:28 Eastern, the Eagles are eight and a half-point underdogs now. Way to rep um, your your hard, you know, East Coast realism. But yeah. um, okay, so it's worsened <laughs> for Philadelphia. My take on this, uh, and to be clear, like I said, the implications, if Philly wins this game, then Dallas gets to host their divisional game, assuming they win uh, later on in the day. If Philly loses, then Dallas will undoubtedly have to travel again if they win against San Francisco. So this game uh, plays a role in that you know sense for the Cowboys. But um, my take, BLG, outsider's take, um, although insider, I am, you know, I am part of BGN Radio. To be very clear here, um, so I have successfully infiltrated. Um, <laughs> but so um, this is a house money game. I know every Eagles fan probably came into this or is coming into this week with this logic, and you're going to allow yourselves to become emotionally compromised, and that's okay. That's football. That's sports. But you've you're you've already accomplished a lot, honestly, objectively. Um, mm. I said this. You mentioned Monday very Football Monday. I I said this on Monday Football Monday. I think it's ridiculous that Nick Sirianni's in the coach of the year conversation. However, I and I know you kind of roasted the Eagles for Brandon Staley not even going to interview with them after he took the Chargers job. I don't know that I wouldn't, you know, dramatically prefer Brandon Staley to Nick Sirianni right now. I think, you know, again, Nick's a little weird, but he and I we've look, we've had a ride here this season, but there's there's something there. Like there's clearly stuff to work with. And so that's what this week is about, regardless of the result. You're going up against the world champs. I know that they're not who they were. I know that there's reasons to talk yourself into potentially winning, but feel accomplished. Feel success. You you did it. You you overachieved already, Eagles. This is so patronizing. I can't believe this. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, I get it, but like the way you're saying it, it's just like, oh, you know, it's a, it was a nice story. Um, and I agree with some of the things you're saying. 
by the way, Nick Sirianni, the only head coach from last year's hiring cycle who did make the playoffs. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think I still like Brandon Staley. I, I know hot take because it seems mm. like everyone hates him and the timeout. The timeout wasn't even it didn't have an impact on the game. That was so dumb. Anyway, um, this isn't about Brandon Staley. And, and the, anyway, by the, the way, the thing I still think it would be nice to interview him, like to get an interview to to have just to go on this tangent. To have your GM like be a disqualifying factor that you couldn't even interview one of the top candidates, like that's not great to me. Like, okay, maybe I mean, you interview him and he stinks and you don't hire him, but like it, it isn't great. But my like the stink of that has has worn off. Sure, as, I, yeah, based absolutely. on based on the season, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's it's not because, as like oh my gosh as it was. Well, yeah, because it looked like at that point that like, he was going to be like the runaway coach of the year, and then like you couldn't even get an interview with this guy. Anyway, yeah, not not the point though. Yeah, so. uh I think the Eagles are going to cover in this game. I feel really strongly about that. I don't know if they're going to win. Uh, it's, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough matchup. The Eagles, uh, RJ, I was going to say stats because I just got off doing the oddcast. So that's where my brain is at right now. Like, happy birthday to Rob Stats Carrera, by the way. The only only good stats. thing I hope happens to Stats this week for what it's worth. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. Get him a nice birthday gift by the Cowboys losing. 49ers winning. Um I just don't know how good they are. I think that's that's the question for all of this because we know here's what we do know about the Eagles. They deserve to be in the playoffs. They earn their playoff spot. They're one of the top seven teams at, at worst in the conference. Um, like they they earn they earn their spot here. That being said, you know, you know they're not battle tested. Can they beat a good team? Can the defense hold up? It's funny because like Jonathan Gannon is getting these, or at least the Broncos at the very least are interviewing him. Uh, for their head coaching vacancy. And I don't think Gannon is going to get a job, to be clear. You know, this is his first go-round getting these head coaching interviews. I, I would just be shocked. But it's funny because a lot of Eagles fans are like, please, please take that job. Please get that job. Because even though you look at a number of defensive metrics for the Eagles and they've obviously improved, it's just like they haven't done it against a good quarterback. Like Not even, not even close. They haven't come close to play. Some of these quarterbacks they've played aren't just like guys who kind of like are whatever. You know, like Teddy Bridgewater, they did play him and Matt Ryan, but they're you know they're playing like Jake Fromm and Garrett Gilbert, who had only signed with Washington's you know roster like four days or whatever before the game. Like they played some really, really, really bad quarterbacks here. So, but they also I, played this quarterback and this team. And it, yes, they did. And Tom Brady had a pretty good game against them, which is an issue. And that's why there's not like this high level of confidence that they can necessarily do it again. Now, I don't think it's fair to assume that it's just going to be a repeat of the same time because I think the Eagles have figured some things out since earlier in the season. They're clearly playing better football. And I don't think it's just about the quarterbacks they've played. I think they've, because we've seen some changes on defense. Like, Earlier in the season, they were literally just like sitting back in cover two and just letting quarterbacks like basically do whatever they want as long as they didn't go for the big play. We've seen some changes since then where they're like blitzing more and there's been like some different wrinkles and stuff like that. So I do expect them to be a little bit more creative this time around. And again, maybe that makes it more of a game. And again, for as bad of a game as it was last time, like the Eagles only did lose by one score. Now that's a little misleading because there was like a garbage time kind of touchdown for the Eagles. And but also they, the co- Bucks. they covered what this spread would be at least. Exactly. And the Bucks mm-hmm. did finish in scoring territory. Like they drove down to like I think the red zone and then it just ran the clock out because the game was over. Like if they wanted to score there, they could have scored again, at least a field goal. Um so uh I think it's tough. You know, uh, the Eagles are underdogs here for a good reason, but like get the mask say, out. Yeah, get the mask out. Mm-hmm. I, I I think people would be remiss to think the Eagles are just gonna get like blown out and they don't stand a chance. Like I don't I don't agree with that. And I don't think that's just me being a homer. I don't think they're getting blown out either, but I like I, I think can like 
I think generally it'll be a closer game, but I it, like I could see Tampa covering the late. Like maybe Tampa's up six and you know okay. has the ball, and it's like okay, like you got to stop him here, and it's just not happening, not happening. And then you get like you know I don't know a big time Tampa touchdown, like a forty three yard score. That's like okay, you know this this looks like it's gonna you know this is over. There's like two minutes and three seconds left. And then Jalen Hurts comes out and throws like a pick six. You know what I'm saying? And then it like it just it looks much worse than it ultimately was. I think important context too. You meant you know, obviously we talked about the, the previous game between these two teams. Um, three of the four leading receivers for the Buccaneers that day, uh, from a reception standpoint, obviously will not play in this game. Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, and Chris Godwin. So, you know. Not exactly the same teams. Again, you still obviously trust Tom Brady, who has lost a playoff game to the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously. Um, you know, Which one the, was that? I mean, you know, I, by the way, like at some point in the offseason, we'll touch on other topics. It is still so bothersome to me that any Cowboys fan, uh, Michael Irvin specifically, rooted for the Eagles. That was so dumb to me. I will that, never. Yeah, that's. I, no, I, again, Eagles fans don't even want that. Like, no Eagles fan like, wants Cowboys fans to be rooting for the Eagles. Like, that's it, not like enjoyable. You know, there are Cowboys fans who and like you get the like i'll never root for you know the eagles to win but i can root for the buccaneers to lose you know what i'm saying like so um i i kind of I, I kind of want the eagles to win this week because wow. i want i well i want the cowboys pretty eagles fan. yeah well, i want the cowboys to host another playoff game i mean look hmm. i mean that's that's what this is about and it and in dallas would draw you know the one of the frauds between the rams and the cardinals so like that's a much hmm friendlier path to me than having to go to Tampa next week so you know we'll see but um yeah I just you know I disagree that they're not battle tested they are they've just lost them you know like they've they've lost the the battles mm. that they've they've been in so far okay. um and they've you know I mean they have one win against the team above 500 and it was the Saints like so yeah which and yeah that was Trevor Simeon yeah I mean so I, I that I think they are battle tested. I think they are who they are. I hate to be like that simplistic about it, but you know, they're they're the seventh seed, right? Like it's you know they wouldn't be in the playoffs two years ago. You know what I mean? So, um, I I think it's possible, but I I think they're underdogs for a very fair reason. I guess is my point. I guess one point of optimism that and one one reason why this game could be different than the last time is the Bucks entered that game with the number one run defense and. The Eagles were at a, a point still where they hadn't shifted to their running identity. And the Eagles basically didn't even try to run on the Bucks. Like they didn't, they were like, all right, the Bucks are so good at stopping the run. We're just not even going to attempt to do that. And it's like, well, you kind of already lost the battle at that point. Like Todd Bowles wants you to not be able to run the ball and you just kind of played right into his hand. So uh, I do think that is at least a different approach to this game that the Eagles can have. And it seems like they might be getting Miles Sanders back, which, you know, would be a big deal. And so for the Eagles to actually be able to rely on their running game this time around and to go with that, that that could give this game a, a different look because the Eagles offensive line is a big strength. You know, obviously the, the Bucks are good in the trenches too. So that's not just a guaranteed win, but, and that's, and again, that's kind of what all, all goes back to specifically the offensive line, like feeling the Eagles have a chance in this game because their offensive line is really good and they're going to be able to run the football. I don't know to what extent, and if they can't, then they're probably kind of just DOA. If they can't run the football, I don't think, you know, Jalen Hurts is breaking out like a 400-yard passing game to outgun Tom Brady. So that is a scenario where it could get ugly if the running game is just not working at all. But uh, it does inspire some hope that they can do something differently than the last time. It's not like they threw the kitchen sink at this team last time and it just wasn't good enough. I would like us to both answer this question when it comes to the Eagles and the Cowboys. If the Eagles lose, it will be because why or, or rather 
let me rephrase. What's the most predictable thing that could go wrong that would be frustrating? You know what I'm saying? That, that every Eagles fan would be like, I told you. Like, why, why did you do or not do X? It's going to be Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon is primed to be in the crosshairs of every Eagles fan this entire offseason. If the defense is soft again against Tom Brady, and obviously Brady's really good. There's only so much you can do against him, but you can't literally just sit back and like watch him pick apart your defense. He, he's like the ultimate quarterback. You can't have that style against like you. It feels like you have to be aggressive at some points. And I'm not necessarily saying blitz because obviously he's really good at that, but you're going to have to find ways to like be creative and, and have some wrinkles here and do some different things as opposed to just like, we're going to line up and we're going to play in this defense that just sits back and kind of makes him go drive after drive and takes away the big play. Like at some point you're going to have to live with potentially giving up the big play at the expense of making one on your own. So I think it's going to come down to if they lose and it'd be predictable, it'd be that like they're just getting shredded on defense like that. Yeah. And to be clear, like I think people affiliate aggression on defense with blitzing. Like, no, there there are ways to be aggressive and attacking on defense just without like sending the house every single time. So okay, we'll see. Um kickoff is at noon central time, BLG on Sunday. Yep. One o'clock Eastern Sunday start. Yep. In Rep Tampa. the East Coast, baby. Sounds like there could be some rain and stuff too. So that could be interesting. We'll see. You know, obviously we're a little bit far out. To, you know the exact weather but that would be a, a little maybe interesting dynamic you know maybe passing game isn't there and it favors the run who knows we'll see let's move on to the nfc east champions the dallas cowboys who i am contractually obligated to say swept the entire nfc east um mm. which obviously means they swept the philadelphia eagles uh big time super important super meaningful win last saturday night by the way brandon yeah. um obviously we're not even really touching on that game because it was kind of meaningless it was such a weird game and it was on a saturday um, I, I saw this right now as we were recording um, the Dallas Cowboys Philadelphia Eagles game on Saturday night had the most viewership of any week 18 game. What a shock. Wow. Um, in, <laughs> uh, in, in fact, both of the um, Saturday games, because there was the Chiefs Broncos game as well, which was also mm. meaningless. Denver was eliminated in Kansas City. Um, Kansas City had more to play for than, than yeah, Dallas. Yeah, they could have been knocked out of it. It would have been fun if they lost, like for the sake. Right, of, like, they they would just been knocked out of the one seed, definitely. Right, but two really meaningless games. Um, but they both uh, garnered more viewership than Sunday Night Football, which was the you incredible Gardnered or garnered, garnered, garnered more. Uh, I think said gardnered, like gardnered no. Minshew. Gardnered means like lost in embarrassing fashion, as we learned mm. on Saturday night. But garnered, as in uh, Cowboys Eagles, had twenty point two million viewers. Um, Rams Niners on Sunday afternoon had 19.3 million Chiefs Broncos on Saturday early had 19.1 and Sunday night football between the Chargers and the Raiders had 17.7 so uh, two and a half more million viewers for the Cowboys Eagles game on Saturday night than Chargers Raiders on Sunday night football wow amazing I have a question for you I have an does answer any for you. does any part of you feel like there was a moral loss vibe from Saturday night for the Cowboys. No. Why, why? How would that be possible? I mean. Because they they didn't look that great against the Eagles backups. And not just backups, mind you. Like, this isn't like, you know, uh, guys out there who have been in the NFL and they're just no. not starters. I saw, like, you, I saw you get all hot and bothered about this on Twitter. No, like. They, These are like they, practice squad players who are playing in their first NFL games. They accomplished what they needed before. to. Like. Uh, Ultimately, very, but like it was not very easy, especially in the beginning. I just put on every possession in the first half. Dak Prescott threw four touchdowns in the first half. I mean, sure. 
I mean, the, and, well, the defense, the defense the, didn't stand a chance though, especially like they're playing again, nobody out there. Like, tell me, tell me the best player the Eagles had on defense. I don't out need in the to field. because you, again, you, like, well, you can't because there wasn't one. But it, so like, to be very clear, I was team rest. I did not think it was worth it. Um, and I thought they left them in way too long. I even tweeted at halftime something to the effect of like, look, I was against this. The Cowboys, you know, picked up some positive vibes. You're wearing the cap right now today. Nobody could see. Um, Dak Prescott again through four touchdowns. They scored on every possession. Get him out of here. And, you know, you can move into next week. You can feel obviously great about it. But, I mean, look, to be very clear here, I don't put a lot of stock into these things. But Zeke did hit 1,000 yards. Dak did pass Tony Romo for most passing touchdowns in the Cowboys season. And the Cowboys won and benefited from that on Sunday because of the Rams and Cardinals losses. So, like, to them, it was totally worth it. I mean, you know, so, I mean, they they achieved what they wanted to, and nobody got hurt. So I, I don't think it was this genius move. I think it was an incredibly risky roll of the dice. Um, like, the Cowboys hit on 18. That's that's how I viewed this game. They hit on 18, but they pulled a three. And, and like, that three doesn't mean, like, boom, they're winning the Super Bowl, but I think they set themselves up as best as they want. This this was their perfect outcome that they listed out. And so in that sense, you know, kudos to them. I disagree, but it worked for them. So they hit on 18. They got a three. But then is that an issue? Because next time, not in the same scenario, but like the, the thinking of like, hey, we actually, everything is fine. Everything is good. We're, the process here is totally great. Um, I the, the vibe I got from this game. And you can accuse me of being a hater if you must. I already am. In Cowboys fans. Yeah. But like, that's just honestly how I felt, though. Like, I'm pretty honest about my feelings here. And I just thought it was it was a big loser energy, BLE move for the Cowboys to be celebrating like they're winning the Super Bowl against the Eagles backups. I'm not saying like they can't celebrate touchdowns. That's not what I'm saying. There was like a clear over exuberance with some of these celebrations that I'm just like, okay, like this is kind of weird. And I saw other people say this as well. So I don't think I'm just alone on this. Oh, uh, you saw um, other, other people who cover the Eagles say this. Interesting. No, not who cover the Eagles, just other people who said this, other people out there in the universe. So it just felt like a weird vibe to me. Obviously, I picked the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. I'm not changing that. I just didn't, you know, I, I made the joke to you that I didn't realize that week 18 against the Eagles backups was the Cowboys Super Bowl. The it way wasn't. they were treating See, it, like, the you, energy. No, this you've yes, done it was. this again. So look, I'm I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna treat you know hostility with kindness here. All right, because that's who I am. All right, I you know this self congratulating this. What the heck? Like seriously, you know what's going on here? But anyway, you literally say congrats to me all the time. I mean, look, I <laughs> whatever. Anyway, you do. That's true. You know what it reminded me of, and you've actually brought this up several times. Correct me who it was. I not even correct me. Tell me who it was against. <clears throat> when the Eagles late in 2017 had the like sideline, like group line dance celebration, you know what I'm talking about? What, what game was that? When, when like, uh, it was, was a it was like that year, but it yeah. was like, okay. But my point the is electric like, slide you're talking about. Yeah. Like when, like, like in my head, it's like Jalen Mills and the rest of the defense, like celebrating, like it was like an earlier, like the, the image of my mind is like, it's daylight, maybe a noon kick. Maybe it was against the Bears. Yeah. Okay. My point is, that's the type of vibe. And I'm not saying like mm. it's that specifically, but it, but it's that like when you are a team that has clinched or, and that happens every year, like we see different teams in different situations, similar to that. That's what it was to me. Like it's, it's what they wanted to do. They wanted to click on all cylinders. And so like to them, it's working. Like, I don't think it's about okay. making it their Super Bowl. I think it's about like, I, I don't think momentum is real, but I think it's about like establishing good momentum, establishing positive vibes, mm. establishing, the right kind of energy. And I think they accomplished that. They risked a little bit to do it. Actually, they risked everything to do it, but yeah. they did accomplish that.
Momentum is an interesting conversation in sports because people are like, you know, I don't think people like to say that it's real because the thing that people often say about momentum is that it exists until it doesn't. But I don't know. Like, it's not like, I guess my, it's, it's, it's a, it's a concept, but it's not like capturable. You know what I mean? Like you can't like, it's not like energy that you can create. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you can, you can like hook up a bike and create energy by moving the the pedals. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't create like a momentum machine or a momentum process and literally create it. I think it develops organically by way of certain situations. And I think the Cowboys have, have good vibes heading into their, their wildcard matchup. I think of it as like, you know, a, like a snowball, you know, rolling down a hill or a ball, whatever, rolling down a hill. And it's like, I think some people think momentum means like it goes on forever. And I, I don't, that's not the case. It's like there could be, okay, this ball is rolling down a mountain, but then it kind of picks up on in a valley, you know, so it, it dies, you know, and then, then there's another mountain right next to it. So it's not like it's anyway, this is dumb, but I, I was just thinking about this. Like, I don't get why the assumption is that momentum, momentum absolutely does exist at like some phases of some things. Um, it doesn't mean I mean, it lasts well, like, forever. Confidence exists. That's true. Sure. Like, and that's the Cowboys are feeling very confident. Um, we haven't even gotten to this yet because you were so upset with how the Cowboys whooped up on the Eagles. Eagles really got upset. By the Cowboys. I just thought it was no, weird. You, you were upset. You threw a fit. It's okay. Come on, if you want to. It's you sound upset. It's it's all it's all good. Every Cowboys fan mm. is here for you, Brandon. Um, Dallas uh, opened as and is still three point favorites against the San Francisco 49ers. This game on Sunday, Brandon, the afternoon slot on CBS at that, by the way, uh, will take place on almost the 29 year anniversary of uh, the Dallas Cowboys beating the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC championship game in 1992. A candlestick. Cowboys also beat the Eagles in the playoffs that year, obligated to say. Um, so, you know, I find it fascinating that Cowboys Niners is kind of back as this juice. Like this, this, this developed again by way of the losses that happened on Sunday. And now it's like, holy crap, awesome rivalry. In fact, I don't know if you remember this last year, Dallas San Francisco was flexed out of Sunday night football amazingly in favor of a Browns Giants game. Um, mm. And so here we are. Here we sit. I do think, look, I'm not saying like San Francisco is like terrible or anything like, oh, like easy dub, lock it up. But I would rather face them than the Rams or Cardinals. And that's not to say there aren't, you know, advantageous qualities to facing the Rams or Cardinals. But I would especially rather face San Francisco because it makes Dallas the three seed. I thought you said last week when we talked about like most ideal, well, this, least because, ideal playoff. Because this I was the 49ers not. The were the, the team. No, I didn't. I didn't really think of this as like truly possible. It did feel like it had mm-hmm. life, but this they needed multiple things outside of their control to go their way. And they got it. I would have preferred the Cardinals to the Rams. I maintain that because while Matthew Stafford is a huge, huge, huge choker under pressure, um, I just, I still amazingly trust Sean McVay more than I do Cliff Kingsbury, um, mm. even though Sean is a coward. But um, everybody sucks, obviously, except for the Cowboys. But um, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, dude. I mean, like, how can you not feel somewhat confident about this? You know, again, I'm not saying Dallas is winning by 30 or anything, but like, if you got to go up against somebody in the playoffs, Jimmy Garoppolo has got to be, you know, near the top of, you know, best possible options lists. Is Jimmy G the least threatening quarterback to ever make a Super Bowl and then like continue to start for a team that's in the playoffs and people just be like, nah, not worried about him. 
Oh, um, has to be right. At least one of them. Like, who I don't even know who else. I mean, it, I'm like, does Nick Foles meet this? this he wasn't a full time starter. Okay, yeah. so he doesn't. Um, maybe Joe Flacco. Although, like Joe had like 2014, Joe was pretty good. Yeah, like he. There were some moments where you're like, "Wow, this is the guy," but then they quickly dissipated. He was um, unreal, by the way. Like in that Super Bowl run, like that was not like luck or like he was freaking on fire. Um, also, anyway, though, a, a playoff win against the Niners, by the way, Joe had. Well, there you go. That's yeah, uh, that did happen. Yeah, in the biggest <laughs> game. Um, yeah. So, like, obviously, no one. El- no, Eli is the answer to your question, by the way. Okay. Yeah, that's probably right. Although, yeah, it's ridiculous what happened. Wow, that was um, an intense eye roll. Are you okay? That was a really heavy eye roll. I'm it's worried for so, your, it's, your vision. It's just, it shouldn't be canon that the Giants won su- two Super Bowls. It's just like the fake. They're like the fakest titles. And obviously, I've said it many a times that, like, you know, the years since have proved that they were very much fluky, which, you know, is part of winning I, a championship. But, yeah, okay. But, we'll, we'll touch anyway, on the Giants at, at the end. On but, G, yeah. yeah, not threatening at all. But, like, the 49ers as a whole, though, like, they do have good things going for them. Like Debo is really scary. George Kittle, sure. George, Debo's like unstoppable. Like you get him in open field oh. and like good luck. He like, can do anything. What are you gonna do? He can do yeah. anything. I mean, he can do absolutely anything. He's unstoppable. Throw, he can throw a touchdown. Yeah, he, he reminds me of. Um, have you seen the movie Friday Night Lights? No. There's a scene. Um, there's a really great player on the high school team. His name is Booby Miles, and there's a scene where his uncle is watching him like in practice talking to recruiters. And he's a running back in the in the well in real life he was obviously but um you know he throws a touchdown and, and the uncle's just like and he can pass like it's just this like you know he can do it all like that's Debo to me yeah uh Booby Miles by the way Miles Sanders nickname slash Twitter handle kind of thing so there you go um yeah I just think they're they're it's a t- I think it's tough I think it's a tough matchup I think it's gonna be a oh, really good game well they do they can run the ball really well like you know they. Are the Eagles and Niners like cousins of teams? That's kind of who they. Except the Niners have a much better defense. Like how so? Like they could both. Like their strength is running the ball. Um, they both kind of have to hide their quarterbacks. You know, from from a passing standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, like Jalen's even better than Jimmy because while they both are not great passers, at least Jalen can contribute to the run game. And at least right. at least Jalen's hand is not, you know, like the the one thing that makes Jimmy Garoppolo a, a, a like a passer, not even a good one is like hampered right now, you know, so well, I mean, but. Jalen Hurts is dealing with an ankle injury, or at least he was, you know, before resting up this week. We'll uh, see if that makes a difference. But yeah, he's st- I would still he's still better. He's more threatening to me than Jimmy Garoppolo. OK, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, the 49ers defense definitely with, goes without saying it's a better, better unit. And obviously, I think 49ers, again, just have more star power. Like the Eagles have some nice players offensively. Right, right. Um, but they don't have like, you know, a kiddo. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or or uh-huh. Debo Samuel. Um, um, so, yeah. Also, I mean. My concern is that Dallas won't be able to run the ball and then like everything will implode. Like my concern is like Nick Bosa goes off. Fred Warner goes off like whatever. And then, you know, that's it. Like that's the challenge right there. And I I, like you've talked about this before, but like I think if you're the Cowboys and you can get out to like, I don't know, a 10 nothing lead, 13, three lead, something like that, like that you're you've got them where you want them. Like you're not like Mm -hmm. an anaconda holding on them. But like that's the game you want to play because San Francisco cannot. I mean, and granted, they did just come back from a seventeen nothing deficit, but like that was yeah. that was kind of fluky because the Rams are are terrible, right? I mean, so um, I I feel really confident about this. Okay, I think it's gonna be a really good game. I'm tempted to take the points in this. I know it's only three, but I'm gonna guess that line goes up a little bit more in the Cowboys' favor as this week goes along. We'll see. So, so you're gonna wait. 
if it's a three and a half, I think it's a lock. I'm taking the 49ers at that point. I think because I think it could be a field goal kind of game. It comes down to a last second field goal. Maybe it's it's Greg Zerline. Maybe it's Greg the Leg, your favorite guy. Dude, uh, okay. So last thing before we leave this subject. We record this, BLG and I, on Tuesday mornings, right before we record. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter before we did BLG. I hope you didn't. Jerry Jones did one of his multiple weekly hits on 105 Through the Fan, and he was asked about Greg Zerline's struggles. Now, this is one day after, because on Monday, John Fossil completely caped for Greg Zerline. In fact, he said something to the effect of like, you know, yeah, everybody struggles. You know, I think Tiger Woods even had uh, a few misses. It's like, shut the hell up bones like this is like these these, just that's so dumb to me like you cannot make that comparison but anyway so nobody will will publicly criticize or put any kind of accountability on greg Zolan. this is what jerry jones said brandon have you seen this please tell me no no okay thank you uh tweet from john machado covers the cowboys for the athletic jerry jones on 105.3 the fan greg zerline struggles have absolutely altered our game plan he's a sound kicker experienced kicker our guys are all sensitive about how to approach the game this is the last quote if a better alternative was out there we'd be using it everything is at stake that is big loser energy like that to me and you know what i really hate brandon is i i tweet about this a lot and i i realize i sound like i'm moaning and groaning but like I get so many people in my mentions that are like, well, what do you want him to do about it? Like, you, you, like what what options out there right now? Like, you know, so they're stuck with him. So what should they do? Just trash him? No, they're trying to elevate their dude. What I want them to do is build a time machine and go back in time and be humble enough to admit that he sucks and they should move on. And obviously that's not possible. But the fact that they're here doesn't change the fact that they created this reality, which they should be held accountable for. What are you going to do if the Cowboys season ends on a Greg Zerline miss kick? That's my answer to the question I asked you. What's the most like I told you so thing that could happen? It would be this. I mean, it it, it would be this. So he's he missed one game um, on the COVID list. So he, um, as my son uh, winds in the background, by the way, first appearance on the Blog and the Boys podcast wow. network. I don't Big know debut. If, I don't know if anyone could hear that, but uh, he's he's pissed. I mean, how could you not be? But so. Zerline played in 16 games this year. Do you know how many, Brandon, if you haven't seen me, you know, crying about this, do you know how many he missed at least one kicking? I forget. I remember you, I like, I either read this on BTB or I saw you tweet this, but I forget. Eight. He has missed a kick in half so in of half. the games that he has played. Half of the time, he costs you points. And this, I'm is, saying, this is extra point or field goal, right? Like correct. any kick. Yeah. Okay. Correct. And he has played 32 games for the Cowboys over two years. He has missed at least one kick in 15 of them. So almost mm. half. He has played three playoff games, all with the Rams, and he has missed at least one kick in two of them. <laughs> the only playoff game that he did not miss a kick in, incidentally, was the NFC Championship game, and he also made the game winner in overtime to send him to the Super Bowl, although that doesn't happen without the bad pass interference yeah. missed call. Mm-hmm. So not feeling great about that. <laughs> I, I know I said last quote. This actually is what really bothered me from John Fossil. Um, and by John, by all measures, John Fossil, wonderful man. I mean, sweet human being, but super loyal to a fault in this case. So here's what he said about him on Monday. He said, um, if I'm wrong, then I'll be wrong. But I really think I'm going to be right. I guess we'll see. <laughs> that is so stupid, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, that's my like, stance on everything. Yeah, but like, 
like I don't give me like like I don't know. I'm I'm gonna make up a name. Like th- there is there is that like fringe undrafted wide receiver every year for every team that like you you know you see tweets or takes whatever it's like man i i you know i think he's really gonna gonna develop i think he's gonna blow up i think he's gonna be awesome no 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 like we conflate this as a society we say things that we want to happen as things that we think will happen you know what i mean and so like you said this earlier the emotional uh what do you call it the emotional like you were talking about, like Eagle Sands, like talking themselves into a playoff when the you're thinking with your emotions or whatever, basically. Yeah, I mean, but like, like we do that a lot, right? Like, you know, people like people will be like, "Well, I, th- I think insert something they want to happen is going to happen." Yeah. Like, no, well, people, just be- people believe what they want to be true. This is what yeah. is how I put it. Yeah, and like that again, that quote is so off. If I'm wrong, then I'll be wrong. But I really think I'm going to be right. What? Like, what? What substance is this? It's, I, dude. If they lose because he costs them points, I, I don't, I can't even quantify how upset I will be. So, so real quick, I guess to put a bow on this because you know we talked about the Eagles losing. It's not like the end of the world for them to lose this playoff game because they're big underdogs against the reigning Super Bowl champs, against the best quarterback to ever play the sport. Like it's not like mm-hmm. the Eagles' season was a failure because they got to the playoffs and they couldn't even win. It would be disappointing, not only from a standpoint of like you lost, you're out of the playoffs, your season over. That's always disappointing, no matter what. Basically, um, it would also be disappointing from a level of like it would raise questions about like okay, like just how much of the turnaround was real and how much of it was just beating bad teams i could raise questions all off season so it wouldn't be like a you know get off uh scot free kind of loss but for the cowboys as i've said many a time and you know at being as division winners and being in a spot where like it's not necessarily maybe super bowl or bust but it kind of is maybe i think it is actually no it is like like this they hired mike mccarthy two years ago to get them past the division around that but I mean, wild. they do have young talent, I guess is what I mean. So it's not like this is like, you know, their Peyton Manning's final season kind of window. And if they don't win this year, then they're just kind of like done and they have to blow it up moving all forward. So, I mean, that's what I mean by it's not Super Bowl or bust like entirely there. It's not like there's zero hope for them if they don't win this year. But it's a big, pretty missed opportunity, right? I mean, so like people love to say this, too. And I'm not like dodging the question, but like people love to be like, well, what if they lose? You know, what if they don't make it to the NFC championship game? It's like, well, what what happened? Like, you know, did they did they lose in the division around because yeah. of a missed call? Like, or, you know, whatever. Did they lose because of a, of a sick throw or something like that? And did they get so, blown out? <laughs> right, exactly. And so, like, I, I mean, if they if they underperform, obviously, it will be very frustrating. And again, uh, my son is crying in the background. That's, you know, sometimes, you know, he's got to be here. That's the thing. Like, you know, maybe we, we maybe we readjust the logo. Um, I don't know how how can you hear his whining, by the way? I can't really. OK, well, then, you know, maybe next time he's getting a little louder. though. But anyway, um, maybe he knows we're going to talk about Joe Judge. Too. But um, if they lose because and like i don't think it's fair to always say like if they like when they lost to the cardinals by three i don't think it's fair to pin that on greg zerline because he missed a field goal like and and that's because like i'm king of the anti-greg zerline club but like at this point it's not even greg zerline's fault you know what i mean like at this point it's on bones and mike mccarthy but if if it's like you know undeniable like if zerline misses like a 32 yarder or something like that you know they're down by two or down by one yeah or something i mean like they they signed up. It, I mean, it would be like you know, it like sa- like building up your life savings and like buying a home and you know doing like taking care of the lawn and and you know remodeling and everything and then like not locking your door at night. Like that's that's mm. what the equivalent of this is. Like I cannot believe they are willing to wager, 
you know, this on, on, on Bones's belief. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's so stupid. And, like, I've said this a lot of places before, so Cowboys fans have heard me, like, again, moan and groan about it. But back in, in the preseason BLG, there was this chatter that the Rams would release Johnny Hecker for cap relief. And there was mm-hmm. this, this chatter that the Cowboys would pick him up if, if he was released. And to be very clear, Greg Zerline came with John Fossil from the Rams. This offseason, the Cowboys signed Jake McQuaid, who was his long snapper with the Rams. So he was about to get the gang all back together. Johnny Hecker was not released, so the Cowboys had to just settle for Brian Anger, who was a pro bowler and one of the best mm. punters in the NFL. So maybe, you know, maybe John Fossil's, like, you know, emotional attachment isn't the best evaluation here. I think it's crazy how people leave their doors unlocked, by the way. Like, still do oh, that? Yeah. Or... Like I, I, it's it very much seems to be you know talking to my parents, even my grandparents growing up. Like that was just like a thing that people did is they just like left their doors open. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like, my thing is, what is the best case scenario that can happen from you leaving your door open? Is like no one comes in and does anything? Like that's the best. Like that's like the best. Or maybe you know I don't know. You have like you lock yourself out, or you have a family member who needs to come over and whatever. Like, but that seems like very not worth it to me, as opposed to potentially someone coming in and like stealing all of your stuff, or like you know, I don't know, it's just or, or hurting someone. Like that just seems crazy to me. Anyway. I also think like I don't know, what if it's really windy, right? Like, what and what if the wind sure. like oh like blows your door or open? An what animal. If, what if an animal like gets in there somehow? That's, and, or what if like I don't know, what if you have a dog and the wind blows your door open and then your dog oh, yeah. runs out? And you know what right. I'm saying? Like it's just like, what, is, what is the best thing that can happen? So nothing. like yeah. Santa Claus doesn't have to go through the chimney. That's the best thing that can happen. <laughs> Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I guess we'll we'll predict the Cowboys and um in the Eagles games in a moment. Um I don't know that there's much to talk about when it comes to Washington, Brandon. Um I mean I'm yeah. all, I'm I'm all ears. If if, <laughs> if you have something so, I'm pretty sure that Washington fans have come around to the fact that Taylor Heineke is not franchise quarterback. Uh they have the eleventh pick in the twenty twenty two NFL draft. Just Several spots higher, RJ, than the Dolphins, who finished outside of the playoffs at number 15. And then Carson Wentz, who epically choked in the season finale, uh, which I know you enjoy and talked about on Monday Football Monday. And as a result, the Eagles will have the 16th pick from the Colts. But anyway, getting back to Washington. By the uh, way, that, so- that went like... That whole sequence worked out. Aside from like the the Colts like having success and like damaging the pick, like... 
this season, if there were like any leftover wins, truthers, this season like overwhelmingly proved that, that I it hope was so, man. totally worth moving on. Dude, I, a couple of weeks ago, I tweeted like during the Cardinals game when he wasn't even looking that good that I was like, the Colts need to seriously look for or think about quarterback upgrades this offseason. And people were trying to dunk on me at the time, especially because like he had a good pass or whatever to help the Colts get back in that game or win the game ultimately. I'm like, okay, that's one good play. And you look at the bigger picture here, he has not been good. And everyone wants to cite the touchdown to interception ratio. Like he's had multiple plays. I mean, the Patriots game alone, I think he had like three picks that were dropped. <laughs> like He's not been good. And um, to lose in this spot is just, it's terrible. And honestly, couldn't have worked out any better for the Eagles, really, in the sense of Carson Wentz played enough to, you know, have true. that pick be a first rounder, but they missed the playoffs. Like it, this fell like pretty much in the realistic sweet spot. It was never going to be. Yeah, like, it was never going to be like a take. Totally agree. Because yeah, if they were terrible, then they were just going to bench him. If it got really, really bad and they had no hope, but it got to the point where, you know, and, and it's crazy. They had like a 98% chance or whatever making the playoffs, according to like 538. I remember seeing at one point. And yeah, also, with, it was, with two weeks the to Jags. go. And, and you were 15 and a half point favorites. And by the way, I didn't. I did not take the Colts to win that game. I was the only one in the BGN picks, uh, the weekly picks that we do, that took the Jaguars outright. And I was such a lock to me to take them with the fifteen and a half points because um, I knew this was going to happen. I knew he was going to choke. Um, but anyway, none of this is about Washington. Washington has the eleventh pick in the draft, so they're just outside of the top ten. That's how numbers work, and they're just in a tough spot, right? With quarterback, it's like, what are they going to do? Like, well, how, who who's going to be their quarterback next year? So two things. One, um, and this hurts me to admit because I really love him and would love him to be successful. But remember the what if we talked about back in the offseason about like what if um, what if Washington hadn't won the division last year? Maybe they're able to draft J- um, Justin Fields. Like, was it worth yeah. the the like Who Mickey sucks. Mouse yeah. title, um, you know, to win the division? At least right now, it doesn't look like they missed out on a franchise quarterback. That would be a difficult pill to swallow, right? Um, so at least they have that. And you mentioned at the beginning of our discussion that led to Carson Wentz um, about you know how like most like there because there are stands for every person. Like there have been some Taylor Heineke stands, and like justifiably so. Um, but they're all they're all gone. And I think he that could be like, a good backup in the NFL. We've talked about this. He's he's a right. fine number two. But I think that this season was the best possible thing for Washington because if Ryan Mm. Fitzpatrick had played the whole year there would have been those Heineke stands would have been like man it would have been different you know what I mean like Heineke we should we should have rolled with him we shouldn't have brought Fitzpatrick and whatever and I feel bad that Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt I I hope you know I hope I would love to see him in the NFL again still I don't I don't know what what the future holds there but um you, you needed this like proof that that Heineke is not it you know what I'm saying and so they got that at the very least. Like they, they have the like liberation to move on from him. I don't know if that's in the draft, obviously not a great quarterback draft class. I don't know if it's in free agency. I don't know who's going to be out there. I think Andy Dalton is totally going to be the Washington quarterback next year, by the way, like you can just, you can just kind of smell that, you know, from a mile away. Um, I just, I mean, the, I just, there's not like a a redeemable quality to this franchise right now. I mean, did, does Terry okay. McLaurin re-sign there or, like, sign an extension there in the offseason? Why would you? Oh, I guess the one thing we haven't touched on is um, they did announce that on February 2nd, we talked about this, but that they will be unveiling their new team name and logo. Did you see the leaks that were happening? Now, none of this is, like, confirmed, but there was a, a leak with a heavy likelihood of what it will be. You talking about the stars thing that we talked about or something different? No, something different. This was all over, like, Reddit and stuff. Um, it, no. 
some people believe, so again, this is all still speculation, that it is going to be or they are going to be the Washington Commanders. Um, and there was some there no. was like a there was like a logo, like a like a circle with like different stuff, kind of like um like the old Ravens. Like the old no, like remember the old Ravens logo had like different things in the in the different quadrants. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like Maryland, the flag of Maryland? They had like the flag of Maryland, but it was like a crest. You know what I'm saying? It was like a, like a crest mm-hmm. is, is the best way to describe it, like different things in different quadrants. And so, um, I mean, that would suck. Like that that would be the lamest name of all time. I'm looking at the free agent quarterback options here. And uh, needless to say, not amazing. Andy Dalton's on there. Nick Foles, I don't think they're going to sign him. Uh, I guess if you're Washington, do you trade, let's say, I don't know, third fourth round pick whatever for like tyler huntley you know could that be something maybe you know like there's, there's some level of upside there and not feeling like incredible about it but it's you have to do something right you can't no, just do like what you do like you're on year three of ron rivera and i realize like you know i realize it was a like a bit more of a commitment to a rebuild you know than than normal when he took over two years ago but like if if he doesn't have success this coming year like you know, it, yeah. it starts, I, I think like, you know, so the, the timelines for everyone don't totally line up. And so like, I think there will be pressure on them to, to whoever, like we've, we've talked so much about Russell Wilson to New York. Like I could see them overpaying, you know what I mean? Like Washington just being mm. like, we need something. We need a super clean. I think he wants to go there though. I don't either, but I mean, you Which know, is it, it is, but I mean, from one Washington to another. I mean, the original Washington, the the original Washington football team quarterback going to the new Washington football team. You know, same thing with Deshaun Watson. You know, like obviously that's a quarterback, or that's a that's a like player that feels like they would like to take a chance on, just from a standpoint of pure desperation. Um, but but no I, way he wants gonna, to go there. No yeah, way anyone no way. wants to go there. I mean, yeah, and that's part of the problem. So yeah, I think you almost have to trade for like Tyler Huntley or something. Just like it's, I know that's probably not a solution. But at least you can kind of like there's theoretical upside. They need something with at least theoretical upside. They might honestly just have to draft someone. Uh, and maybe there will be someone at that 11 spot because this quarterback class is kind of weird. And we don't have a great handle on it. And maybe maybe the maybe the top quarterback off the board could go off of that spot. I don't know. Or maybe like the second one, whatever. This, uh, this feels like a very 2013. And like, again, we're not even in the draft class, but like a very 2013 draft class. You know what I'm saying? Like. So you're gonna walk the away EJ with like, Manuel. yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like the EJ Manual of this class. Like, I mean, I don't know. Okay, we we've, we've spent too much time on Washington. Um, before we set up our discussion on the New York Giants, uh, let's throw it to Ed Valentine, manager over at Big Blue View SB Nation's home for New York Giants content. Ed, tell us what is going on with the G-Men. The New York Giants ended an embarrassing 2021 season on Sunday with an equally embarrassing 22 to seven loss. To the Washington football team, the Giants finished the season 4-13, and tying a franchise record for futility. The 2017 Giants went 3-13, and the only two times in franchise history that the Giants have lost as many as 13 games in a season. The most embarrassing and emblematic part of that game came in the second quarter when head coach Joe Judge ordered back-to-back quarterback sneaks for, from the Giants' offense from inside the Giants' five-yard line. In a similar situation the week before, the Giants had surrendered a safety to the Chicago Bears, and Judge said simply that he wasn't going to live through that again, so he ran the two quarterback sneaks and then punted. Giants' ownership also had to be embarrassed by the fact that 
the 82,500-seat MetLife Stadium was probably only about 25% full. Many of those people adorning bags over their heads or wearing clown suits in honor of, uh, of Coach Judge saying that the Giants ain't some clown show organization, obviously showing that that is exactly what, uh, what those fans think the Giants have become. In the wake of Sunday's loss and the end of a fifth straight double-digit loss season, fourth straight under GM Dave Gettleman, Gettleman on Monday announced that he will retire. The Giants quickly began a search for a new general manager. Co-owner John Mara said that that would be a comprehensive search, and the Giants went out on Monday and requested interviews with seven candidates who have no ties to the Giants organization, something that many people weren't sure that they would do. But it appears that the Giants are determined to go outside the organization and, and find answers to what has ailed them for most of the last decade. Candidates the Giants have requested to interview thus far include Ryan Poles of Kansas City, Rand Carthon and Adam Peters of San Francisco, Monty Ossenfort and Ryan Cowden of the Tennessee Titans, Joe Schoen of the Buffalo Bills, and Adrian Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals. In terms of whether or not head coach Joe Judge will be back for a third season, as of now, that remains up in the air. Judge is still head coach as of this report, but it appears that, that talks between Judge and Giants owners John Mara and Steve Tisch are ongoing. NFL insider Mike Garofalo reported that it appears that what the Giants want is to hear a detailed plan from Judge for how he's going to try to fix the uh, the things that have ailed the Giants during his first two years as head coach. As Garofalo also reported, that is very similar to the approach that the Giants took after the 2006 season when Tom Coughlin's job appeared to be in serious jeopardy. Garofalo reminded that at that time, it took three days of meetings between John Mara, Steve Tisch, and Tom Coughlin before the Giants decided to move forward with Coughlin, before they were satisfied that he would make the changes necessary in his approach to push the Giants forward. And that obviously worked out pretty well for the Giants as they won two Super Bowls after that decision was made. So obviously a lot going on around the New York Giants these days. Please remember to check out BigBlueView.com for all of the news, analysis, and opinion regarding the Giants. Well, um, thanks, Ed. Uh, so, BLG, pour some out for Dave Gettleman. A great, great era in Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles history has come to an end. It sucks. I've long said that Dave Gettleman was my favorite general manager in the NFL as a member of the Giants specifically because I had no confidence in him ever leading them to the promised land. Now I will say that Dave Gettleman was not solely to blame for the Giants struggles. And we all know that. And, and to be clear, I also don't think Joe judge is solely to blame for the Giants struggles. When you look at a franchise that has the worst record in the NFL or tied for it since 2017. And Joe judge has only been here for the last two years. It's clearly not just his fault, but he's clearly not part of the solution and again, as we stand here on Tuesday morning, January 11, there is talk that Joe Judge will be back. That doesn't seem definite, though. And I have to take you back to when the Eagles 
were reportedly going to bring back Doug Peterson last season. And then a week passed, then he met with Jeffrey Lurie, and then he brought up some coaching staff changes that he thought were going to be good. And Jeffrey Lurie was like, nope. And then they fired their Super Bowl winning head coach. So I, I don't think Joe Judge is definitely back just because we saw some reports that said as much. And even, you know, Mike Garofalo, who used to cover the Giants, um, uh, like a beat reporter for them. So he's pretty plugged in there. He's been pretty like non, you know, definitive about anything. He's like, this is all still fluid. Some things can happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, it would be insane, right? Just like, especially with Brian Flores getting canned, like that, that makes it so ridiculous that like brian flores could get fired and joe judge gets another year because you, you just have to give him more time like no you don't have to do that and as we've been saying all along like the the it's not a good reason to want to keep someone just because like oh we fired too many head coaches recently like, that's not a good reason that's not a good reason to keep anyone um so i saw by the way mike garofalo tweeted on monday because uh, you're right like and again to be very clear here blg and i are recording this tuesday morning before like way before lunchtime even so um if joe judge is fired between now and because the episodes go out wednesday morning yeah that sucks but at least <laughs> at least you know like uh, and that also sucks because like we'll miss him but um yeah but mike garofalo also tweeted a noted on monday in his report that he uh is in a very similar situation to what Tom Coughlin was was in with the Giants mm-hmm. back in 2006, um, the year before the Giants upset the Patriots, obviously, uh, where you know it was not looking great, and Tom Coughlin met with ownership and laid out his plan. And, and unlike Peterson last year in the Eagles, uh, Giants brass approved. And see, like, remember I told you about how I um, I read a, a thread on the New York Giants subreddit that was like, what what one truth are we like afraid to admit to ourselves, like? I guarantee you, Brandon, that there are Giants fans who are like, this is just like that. Like, you know what I mean? That this is just like that. And look what Coughlin did. He went on and he, you know what I mean? Like, and like, no, I mean, th- no, like th- there are so few things that like we can universally agree on in life. Like, like name, like what, what can we like as a society universally agree on? Nothing. Urban right? Meyer like, being dead. Yeah. That's, that's one. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> And that it was nice to see Alabama lose on Monday night. Like, that's it, right? Like, you know, and so, like, it is universally agreed that Joe Judge is, and I I actually feel bad for Judge, like, because now, like, the Giants, like, are kind of allowing him to be this, like, public putz. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, what, what, like, you know, we, we sit here and we laugh at, like, the things he says, but, like, what's he supposed to do? Like, it's, it's a really, like, chaotic and toxic situation that yes he is a part of but to your point isn't spearheaded by him and so like i i mean like we all like when we're in chaos kind of like become it like he he you know who he is he's he's peter parker and the giants are the symbiote like making him venom that's who he is you know it's just like taking over him and changing his personality i'm sure he's a wonderful man outside of uh you know coaching for the giants like this is a disaster i I do not know how you can bring him back. Like I like I, I mentioned this on yeah. Monday Football Monday as well. Like what what do you have to look forward to? And I'm being completely serious. If you're a Giants fan and they don't fire him, how on earth do you look forward to this coming season? And especially if they let him hi- like be part of the Kevin Abrams hire as the general manager. Like you're screwed. Like you you are totally screwed for like because it's so defeating when you have to enter a, a dead man walking off season. And as somebody who like rooted for a Cowboys teams coached by Jason Garrett for a decade, I know that feeling very well because like at some point 
the the pain has to come right at some point like the the you know the bow has to break and this is a terrible thing to say with my uh my son right behind the screen here and the baby will fall you know what i'm saying and like and so you will have the season where you completely collapse in the view of ownership they fire him you have to finish that and then you have to start over and like and then it will be like even even if they don't hire kevin abrams it will be like well you know general manager x finally has his guy you could do that now like <laughs> you like you don't have to mm-hmm. wait the quarterback sneak on third and nine oh I mean, that, there should really be no like coming back from that it's just the ultimate white flag and mr joe judge too who came out you know hard against the eagles last year oh i we're always going to compete Bob, like what are you talking about you gave up like everyone saw it there's nothing to hang your hat on with him i've said it a billion times i'll say it a billion more there's not one thing you point to about the Giants, that is like a redeemable quality that you can kind of be like, okay, this is why we need to keep this guy. And this thinking that like he's this can't miss guy that you just like you need to give him a little bit more time, then he can be this next. Like again, like no. And if Joe Judge does go on to be a good head coach somewhere else, somehow, so in the future, yeah, like okay, that's not like how could how could you kick yourselves for that? You couldn't. You'd be like, well, I never saw this coming because there was no reason to believe this. That's like. That's like if you sold to me like a lamp at a yard sale and like, you know, it was like this really old beat up lamp and you sold it for like two bucks. And then it turned out that the person who bought it, like opened it and there was like, you know, a check for like somehow like a billion dollars inside. Like, like you would have never known that you can't like, like that sucks obviously, but there's like, there was no good reason for you to believe that was the case. Like you can't kick yourself for that. And honestly, like head coaches aren't quarterbacks. You you can always find another head coach. You cannot always easily find another quarterback. Like it's kind of tougher, but like you can always just get another head coach. Like they're not that hard. To, like look, look at Nick Sirianni. Like no one even knew who Nick Sirianni was, and now you know he has the Eagles in a good spot to be turned around. And you know, are they going to win a championship ever? I don't know. Look, but look at look at Matt Lafleur, and I know he's like Sean yeah. McV- from the Sean McVay like tree, but like nobody knew who Matt Lafleur was, and he even left the Sean McVay tree before being hired in Green Bay. And now like again, I, like he's coach of the year to me, which is painful to admit, but like. I mean, like you use the lamp uh, analogy. I'll I'll use a, a more relatable one. I think like it's like um, <laughs> um, you've seen all of the office, right? Like Philly dude, obviously. Yeah. So like you know um, when Pam and Jim go to Roy's wedding, Pam is like, "What? Like you know, like you yeah. you took dancing lessons, like you play the piano now, like you're you're clean cut, and like not that she like regrets Jim, but she's like, where was this or whatever? It's like, hey Pam." people can change right like like people can change so like to your point like Judge could leave and he could become a, a good head right. coach like that doesn't mean that like you were wrong or that he was that guy but sometimes yeah. those things are necessary like to evolve and like that can work different directions like Doug Peterson might not be a good head coach with his new team mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying like things things can happen in a, like well that's yeah I mean like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy for the Eagles to regret that forever and ever um but like you like you mentioned like coaches are not quarterbacks like you can have 10 coaches on the payroll you know what I mean like forever like who yeah. cares you you got a, a, all the money in the world New York Giants I mean like we see you in the Forbes list every year and I cannot believe I'm going to cite them as like a standard here but like look at the Browns Browns fired coach after coach after coach after coach and like I know they didn't make the playoffs but like Kevin Stefanski is like a hundred times better of a coach than Joe Judge like if you have to go through them over and over and over again to find your guy do it was it um yeah. it was Shield right that wrote about the like principles to hiring coaches yes. at the athletic yeah. last week the, the one he had you touched on it is like don't 
try to find the next Bill Belichick. You, you just can't yeah. like like, and that's what they're no. trying to do. They're like, oh, this is it. like we're just going through the the like the tough seasons. No, like yeah. this this sucks. Like get away from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will give the Giants credit. Shockingly, for it does sound like Abrams isn't going to be the guy, according to reports. At least that's what you know. I saw a big blue view right about, and it does seem so far that like they are interviewing a bunch of candidates outside of the organization. So that's good. That's a good. That's a good first step. Does that mean they're going to get it right? Does that mean you know I feel super great about them? No, but like that is at least like some of what needs to happen, as opposed to okay, we're just going to automatically promote Abrams. Like if they did that, then that's just a total joke. So they're at least holding a search and hopefully for their sake for giants fans listening to your sake that is like a really thorough search and they end up picking the best person and also i think it, with the uncertainty about judge it seems like it maybe it is possible that they're kind of waiting to hire that gm and then having them decide or at least like if not have them outright decide they're talking to these gm candidates and kind of getting their sense on what like yeah, they should do with their judge right which i also think is a fair thing to do um Maybe, I mean, ideally you wouldn't need that, but like, okay, that's fine. Whatever you want to get those people's insight on that. And it could be helpful if everyone else is kind of like, dude, like, like we're all like, no, we're not taking this job if he's here. Or you got to fire this guy. Well, then maybe that could be value to the, valuable to the Giants and they actually will do it. So uh, like, you know, for as much as we rag on them and they deserve it, um, I, I will say, you know, I will give, if we're talking about a point of optimism for Giants fans, I will, I will say that they're at least conducting a real GM search, it seems. And, and that is, is a step potentially in the right direction. Um, BLG complimenting the New York Giants. Who would have thought BLG to NYG. You'd love to see it. Um, all right, let's pick some games. Eagles bucks, yeah. not, not, no, no spread, just straight up. Who wins? I will say Eagles cover uh but uh it's tough i'm really on the fence i'm gonna say the eagles win why not you know what why not why not no i mean why why not like you You know what i mean like no yeah i mean like um i think they they, i think they could have one playoff win in them i can't see him doing more than that but i don't think it's impossible they could win one playoff game i think like nick sirianni has been this like this joke and then like this not joke and now this like you know kind of like okay dude like i could totally see because the NFL is so like Mimi and crazy things happen. Like I could see, I could like I could see Sunday afternoon all these like images of like him like holding up the mock flower pot or whatever. You know what I mean? And being like, and, and people being like, this guy just beat Tom Brady. Like you know what I mean? Like I I, I could see that. Um. So why not? Okay. Let's let's party. Let's get weird. You know. Let's and then we go to the Cowboys 49ers game where. I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be close. But I did say the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, so I will pick them to win as well. But I do think it's going to be a game. I think it's going to come down to the wire. Um, It'd be hilarious if it came down to a game-winning Greg Zerlein field goal. Like, I would I would have, like, my mentions would be like, you were trashing this, dude. All week long. Looks like the coaches knew better. You're there at practice every day. Blah, blah, blah. You know? Um, Cowboys win. Um, okay. I don't I don't know. But Cowboys win. Um, and... Um, yeah, let's do this. Let's just let's and get then, weird. Then, so what would the so the, yeah the Eagles and Cowboys wouldn't play right if they no, if they if, both won. No, Dallas would host the yeah. l- the winner of Monday night's game, and Philly right. Philly would go to Green Bay. The Packers, yeah, and that Tough. would by the that would by the way like if this were to happen, which is why I am rooting for the Eagles. I'll just say it, you know. Shout out to you, Seamus. I'm rooting for the Eagles, um, <laughs> but. Um, that would be two. I don't think this has ever happened before. There would be two playoff games in a row where the Cowboys would have a rest advantage on their opponent. 
because they they have a day advantage on the Niners coming off right. the Saturday game, and then they would have a day on you know. Who, and by the way, whoever obviously the Rams or Cardinals yeah. ever wins is is at a disadvantage no matter what because if Philly loses, they will go to Tampa or excuse me to Green Bay, who's coming off the bye at that. Uh, but that would be very interesting to have two straight playoff games with a rest advantage. Just kind of a unique little wrinkle to our new our new NFL world. Yeah, it's it's unusual for the NFL to give the Cowboys uh, a rest advantage every year. You realize that the Eagles got the exact same advantage that the Cowboys just got, right? In fact, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a better advantage because they were mm-hmm. at home on Saturday night. Yeah, and also they've had to play on the road on Thursday night football in the past, which the Cowboys right. literally never have to do at any point ever. All right. Um, anything else we want to say? Oh, I guess to close, since we've made it this far, I mentioned this at the beginning and my son's starting to stir. I think it's weird when people mark messages unread. That's what I was telling you before we started. Like, I, because I was telling Brandon that I got a message from someone and I was leaving it. I hadn't opened it so that I remembered to go like handle it. Now, I'm, now my son's like actually crying, but you were saying like you could just mark it as unread. That's weird to me. Like, why would you do that? I mean, because you could read it and then. <laughs> come back to it because you were like i didn't want to read it because i wanted to come back to it it's like we can read it and then it was a reminder come back to go it. back to it. yeah all right, all right. Anyway. the baby's the baby's crying let's get out of here blg the last whatever however many words belong to you playoffs that was it <laughs>